the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is AM 1280, The Patriot. WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5. K298CO, Minneapolis. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. British police say more than 100 people arrested in London during demonstrations over the weekend against government plans to increase police powers. Thousands marched in towns and cities across the country on Saturday to protest the police, crime sentencing and courts bill, defying coronavirus restrictions. Police said the Kill the Bill protests were mostly peaceful and most of those taking part observed social distancing. They said a small number of people were intent on causing disruptions. They said that those arrested committed alleged offences, including violent disorder, assaulting police officers and breaches of coronavirus legislation. The police said 10 officers had been injured, though none of the injuries was believed to be serious. Zaria Shackley, London. And Christians all around the globe have celebrated Easter. This is SRN News. It's been just over a year since the initial lockdowns here in Minnesota. Two weeks to slow the spread. We know how that turned out. Finally, we're seeing the very slow but steady return of our freedoms. Today, out of gratitude, we recognize a much greater freedom offered to all. An everlasting freedom from sin, death, and the grave. Happy Easter and happy Resurrection Sunday. From AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. Just a little bit after 4 p.m. here at AM 1280, The Patriot. My name is Brian, and for the weather today, it's going to be a high of 77 degrees and sunny. Could a private school education be the right fit for your family? If you're exploring your options, reach out to us at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. We've helped well over 100 Twin Cities families access private education. We'd be happy to help you, too. Just visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. AM 1280, The Patriot. With the extreme weather changes in Minnesota, it can be very unpleasant when the windows in your house begin to fail. But what's even more unpleasant is the three long-winded, high-pressure sales calls you need to sit through to get multiple bids. They tell you their window is the best and all the rest are no good, and hey, I'll throw in a free window if we can write this up tonight. I'm Ryan from My Three Quotes. What if I told you you could get competitive bids from three high-rated local contractors on any window brand after only one short meeting with me? The process is simple. I'll stop by to measure the windows and we'll talk options. Whether it's vinyl, wood, composite, or fiberglass, we'll come up with a job scope that fits your house and your style. And you'll receive the quotes within a week. If you've already had some window bids and were floored by the price, call me. As you'll see from my reviews, my quotes can come in thousands less than others for the exact same window. If you decide to move forward, I'll come back to write up the order and do a walkthrough when it's done. And yes, the service is free. So hop online and visit My Three Quotes to set up an appointment. That's the number three, My Three Quotes. This is Dennis Prager along with my fellow host Mike Gallagher. We both want to invite you to join us for a trip of a lifetime to the Holy Land this October 27th to November 5th. I've been all over the world, but I can never get enough of the great state of Israel. You will be amazed and inspired in your faith. Dennis and I have planned every detail minute by minute of this trip to make sure you have the best experience possible. We're confident by October our trip will be safe, especially because Israel is the leading country in the world in COVID vaccinations. Join us as we sail on the Sea of Galilee in boats that are replicas of the ones Jesus sailed in with his disciples. Walk the steps of the old city of Jerusalem and join us for a Shabbat service that will reenact the old traditions. It's something you'll never forget. Go to StandWithIsraelTour.com to reserve your spot or call 855-565-5519. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. Aren't you ready to travel again? We are. So come join us. What does it mean to be a Christian woman in today's culture? How does your faith in Jesus Christ relate to the world around you? Sometimes to have faith can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and sometimes challenging landscape. That's why you need to visit iBelieve.com. 
iBelieve.com is a site designed for Christian women. iBelieve.com has blogs, videos, and even daily devotionals. Whether you're looking for advice, ideas for your church group, or just an uplifting message, visit iBelieve.com. That's iBelieve.com. Wake up with the Patriots Daybreak Insider. Today's top news stories from a conservative viewpoint. Sign up at am1280thepatriot.com by using the keyword subscribe. That's subscribe at am1280thepatriot.com. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. Uh, We were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us at radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to The Patriot on the free radio.com app. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. It's time now for a smart, plain talk regarding politics, Israel, and the law. This is the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker of Parker Daniels Keyboard. Wise counsel, winning results. Now, here's your host, Andrew Parker. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. I'm impressed with his influential friends. He's got very big connections, and I follow his It's 4 o'clock Sunday. What does that mean? It means it's the best hour in radio of the week. It's the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker. Parker Daniels Keyboard. During the next hour, you ought to go to ParkerDK.com, take a look at what's often referred to as an award-winning website, and every week at this time, on live on twelve eighty AM the Patriot, which you can live stream coast to coast and internationally. As I know from my uh, son, who is now a citizen of the Jewish state of Israel, he uh, does live stream and catch the catches the show fairly regularly. You can do the same here. You can go to podcast or follow us live on Facebook right now live. Well, not quite live. And we uh, were excited this week to talk about something we do not often talk about on the show. But it is politics, Israel, and the law each week. And this topic covers all of those. We're going to touch on all of those. The topic, you may be surprised to hear, cannabis. Yes, indeed, Cannabis, we're going to uh, talk to the founder and principal of the Cannabis Policy Forum uh, to give us a status update. What do things look like for cannabis in the United States? Maybe we'll touch on what it looks like in Israel as well. Uh, And what the policy pros and cons are in this policy-laden arena of whether to legalize marijuana or not. Before we get into that, I want to give you an update of who we have coming up on the Victory Hour. Next week, we're going to have on the show Harvard Law professor, author, uh, legendary lawyer, Alan Dershowitz will be joining us. Uh, And as you know, I have been retained as lead counsel for my pillow in the Dominion Election lawsuit, which uh, is now in fever pitch. And uh, when that happened, I contacted Alan, who I've worked with before, and I said, this is a case for us to work together on. And so we are doing that. He has contracted with our firm. And uh, we are working in the name of the First Amendment and against cancel culture. Uh, and to get to the bottom of what happened in the 2020 election. So Alan Dershowitz will be joining us next week. Thereafter, we're going to have Mike Lindell on the show, the founder and, as you know, CEO of MyPillow, a defendant, both he and his company uh, that I represent, uh, that is MyPillow, Uh, have been sued by Dominion Election Systems. We're going to talk to Mike Lindell in a few weeks. We're going to have on the show U.S. Senate candidate from the great state of Ohio, who is running for the empty seat in Ohio, 
that Senator Portman has uh, now announced his retirement on. Josh Mandel will be with us. Josh ran for the U.S. Senate several years ago, uh, lost in a fairly tight race to Sherrod Brown. Uh, But he is going to now run again. He uh, was going to run again earlier, but due to some personal uh, and family issues, he decided to wait. He is a a, a fantastic candidate. You're going to want to be with us for that show to learn more about Josh Mandel and maybe give a call. We're going to have Jim Hagedorn on down the road here. Uh, Tina Smith, U.S. Senator from Minnesota, as you all know, will be on the show. Angie Craig, Congresswoman from the 2nd Congressional District, uh, will be on the show coming up. So uh, pull out that number two pencil and yellow pad and make sure that you uh, have it either uh, magneted to the refrigerator or pinned up on the cork board so that you don't miss any of the action. I want to wish you all a happy Easter uh, today to all my Christian friends, and we are now at the end of Passover, and I hope all of my Jewish friends had a very happy Passover. Now I'd like to introduce to you all a good friend of mine and someone who... uh, Worked for many years in a very successful way on promoting the U.S.-Israel relationship for the benefit of the United States and its strategic affairs as the area director in the Midwest here, in particular to Minnesota, but beyond, uh, and now has uh, left to become the founder and principal uh, of the Cannabis Policy Forum. He is steeped uh on facts and figures related uh, to the subject of cannabis and marijuana and the legal issues related to that as well. He's a University of Iowa College of Law graduate, a good friend, and a very, very bright raconteur, Xander Abrams. Xander, welcome to the Victory Hour. Andy, thank you for having me on the Grum. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. You have now moved out to the West Coast, the West Bank of California. How is it out there in uh, California, and how different is it from being back here in the crazy state of Minnesota? So I lived, uh, born and raised in Minnetonka, went to Hopkins High School, went to the U, um, went to Iowa for law school, then basically lived my entire life in the Midwest until I was around 30. Moved out here in 2019, and the other night it was like 55 degrees out, and I had my heater on. <laughs> so I think I've I've adapted. The blood has already thinned. You know, Andy, it's one thing when you hear that it's warm out all, all year round, but it's another thing when you're kind of, I mean, now obviously not because of COVID, but when I first moved out here, you know, you're walking around Costco with your shorts on, looking around, and you're taken aback when you see Christmas trees being sold. Yeah, yeah, of course, it's a little bit different. And the uh, the beauty of the four seasons, but uh, I'm sure you're enjoying it, uh, Xander. Uh, tell me, what is the Cannabis Policy Forum? I founded the Cannabis Policy Forum in 2019 because I was looking throughout the industry after a run of a number of years uh, working in politics throughout the Midwest. I pivoted into cannabis, and I saw that there was a real gap in the marketplace for thought leadership in politics, policy, and regulation that typically come from free market economics uh, of analyzing cannabis, cannabis policy, cannabis political issues, cannabis legislation. I viewed the cannabis industry um, not unlike where the pro-Israel movement was decades ago uh, with a perspective more on partisanship with a perspective that um, the most consequential decisions are made in Washington, D.C. and not in members of Congress's home districts, um, and the need for a bipartisan communication strategy. So I publish um, and, and others publish on the Cannabis Policy Forum website to express these ideas about bipartisanship and open regulation. And on top of that, we're publishing our own podcast series called What If, where we 
dive into 20-minute hypotheticals on cannabis. And one question that I I dove into with a very prominent government affairs professional that I think you would find interesting, Andrew, is uh, what if cannabis legalization was historically a Republican issue? Previously, it's been historically a Democratic issue. Uh, But what if the opposite was true? Uh, How would regulation look differently today if it was conservative Republicans that were carrying the banner and it was progressive Democrats that were against it? Interesting. So how would you go about selling such a thing to Republican policymakers? Oh, that's a great question. I think that um, first and foremost, if you're if you're dealing with Republicans, um, you, you have to actually speak their language. The, the conversation can't be I'm right and you're wrong and you need to believe me because I'm holier than thou. And I feel like a lot of the previous advocacy work has been focused on that. So I'd focus on a couple of things. Um, number one, safety, safety and security of homes and communities and most importantly, our children. So we know where there is a regulated cannabis market, there is a uh, less of a uh, black market or an illegal market where these products can get in the hands of children, where these where, where dollars get in the hands of cartels. Um, so that's number one, the safety and security. Uh, number two, revenue. This is a emerging vertical and a new source of revenue for your municipality and for your state. Um, new York just legalized uh, cannabis earlier this week, and they're expecting uh, about $2.5 billion a year in annual revenue. Uh, in Minnesota, I think the impact studies have been around 150 to $250 million annually uh, in new tax revenue. And then third and finally, I would talk about the jobs aspect. In the fifth, throughout the 13 states where there's a legal industry right now, plus the uh, District of Columbia, there's over 60,000 jobs created in the cannabis industry, employing good, hard-fought American workers. Beautiful. Well, you know, that, that gives us a, a sense or a foundation on which we can uh, build uh, if it were to become a Republican issue. We're talking to Xander Abrams, founder and principal of the Cannabis Policy forum. Xander, what is uh, the website uh, that you have? www.cannabispolicyforum.com. So you can go to cannabispolicyforum.com and learn more about the Cannabis Policy Forum. Right after this short break, we're going to be back with Xander Abrams and talk about how the legality of... uh, Cannabis is faring in the different states as well as federally and also in the state of Israel. Stay with us. You're listening to the Victory Hour. Go to parkerdk.com. We'll be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Mark Twain once quipped, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. When you are lied about and it spreads, the resulting mayhem and destruction can be, and often is, disastrous. Hi, this is Andrew Parker, co-founder of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently handled a high-profile defamation lawsuit on behalf of a luxury home real estate agent whose business was decimated by falsehoods spread about him. After nearly two years of litigation and two weeks of trial, the jury came back with a verdict of more than $2 million for our client. Parker Daniels Keyboard. We litigate cases, we try cases, and we win cases. With a record of excellence in achieving extraordinary results, Parker Daniels Keyboard lawyers have consistently won huge verdicts for its clients in the areas of defamation, civil rights violations, regulatory battles, and intellectual property theft. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, premier law firm in downtown Minneapolis. Well, I moved into the house in uh, the summer of 2018, and the siding was terrible. Hi, I'm Dave from Matamidi. I got a hold of JTR through friends. It almost looked like a giraffe. There were dark stains where the water had saturated the old paint that was on it, but there were other things that needed addressing, and uh, there were a multitude of things from putting doors in and railings and and doing some electrical and things like that, all of which JTR gladly folded into the contract and took care of for me. It was an amazing transformation. In fact, my brother-in-law, who had visited 
before we had the siding done, when he came back about a month after it had been done, he stopped out in front of the house and called me and said, what's your address again? Because he couldn't believe the difference. Contact JTR Roofing now for your siding, roofing, and window needs. A record of success second to none. Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm, the numbers tell the story. The last five cases our lawyers have brought to trial have resulted in million and multi-million dollar verdicts for our plaintiff clients and zero defense verdicts for our defense clients. Put simply, we try cases and we win cases. Hi, I'm Andrew Parker. At Parker Daniels Keyboard, we take our work personally and we go the extra mile. That is why some of the biggest law firms, locally and nationally, send cases to us to handle when they can't. If you have a challenging and critically important business or personal legal dispute that must be favorably resolved, whether regarding a contract matter, a business divorce, a real estate dispute, an employment dispute, a civil rights or defamation matter, plain talk if it's a big deal, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard. Wise counsel, winning results. Go to parkerdk.com. back it's the victory hour i'm andrew parker thank you for joining us again this week we are joined also by my close friend xander abrams founder and principal of the cannabis policy forum and we're talking about marijuana and the legalization of marijuana that issue in the united states here and how it is faring xander uh Tell us about, you know, from a a state-by-state sort of analysis, how would you uh, look at uh, the legalization of marijuana and how it's progressing in the United States? That's a great question. It has been a very active couple of years on the state legalization front. So just so everybody knows... um, And actually, starting point for this is Norm Coleman is another famous Minnesotan Iowa law alumni. And Norm was the commencement speaker at my law school graduation. And he had a great line. He said, in theory, there's no difference between in theory and in practice, but in practice there is. And that's (laughs) the case for cannabis legalization here across America. So um, in theory, cannabis is federally illegal. It is a level one controlled substance under the Controlled Substance Act. Other level one controlled substances include uh, heroin, for example. In the Obama administration, his deputy attorney general um, authored, uh, James Cole authored a memorandum that basically said states can have their own industry um, so long as seven different principles are kept. Somewhat obvious things like not selling to minors, making sure cash doesn't get in hands of cartels, um, things of that sort. And since 2013, today, there are 15 states plus the District of Columbia that have some sort of legal cannabis industry. And almost you know, 40 states, let's call it, have a medical program of some kind. We've really seen a pickup in velocity over the last election cycle, all six states that cannabis legalization was on the ballot for passed in the United States. That included um, like Arizona, uh, South Dakota, one of our neighboring states in Minnesota. And then just this last week in New York, adult use legalization uh, was signed into law by Governor Cuomo. Now, for me, I wrote an article about this on the Cannabis Policy Forum that you can read after the election. And I said, I have more questions coming out of the election than answers. And one of my big questions was, what's the network effect of this last election going to be? What other states are going to be encouraged to bring cannabis online? And what we're seeing early on in, in say, Illinois, for example, in Michigan, is about one year into sales, one and a half year into sales, Uh, going into place, we're seeing hundreds of millions of dollars of new tax revenue for the states. We're seeing a billion dollar plus in industry growth, new people being employed. And so it's been really, really encouraging 
on the state front, and I think now that New York has fallen, we're going to see uh, Florida open up, Pennsylvania, um, a lot of the other really big states by population, and then the smaller ones are going to follow. And what does that mean in terms of uh, national or federal legislation on the subject? Where does that sit, and how do you think the Biden administration falls on the issue? So that's been a a big focus for the industry about what's going to happen with this Congress. And as I said in our opening, the cannabis industry has had this partisan perspective that so we are a Democratic issue, and so long as Democrats are in power, our agenda is going to be passed without question. And I think that that is um, proven more and more every day to not be true. So what does legalization mean? It means kind of different things to, to different people in different parts of the industry. Right now, there's a couple pieces of legislation on Capitol Hill. Uh, the States Act and the Moore Act are somewhat competing legalization measures. The Moore Act is a strictly partisan piece of legislation that's about social justice, social equity, empowering those harmed by the war on drugs that has exclusively Democratic support. And then there's another act called the, Sa- the States Act, which is uh, removing cannabis from the Controlled Substance Act, but saying to the states, it's up to you whether or not you want to have your own industry um, or, or you don't want an industry at all. And that's really that argument's rooted in the Tenth Amendment. And that does have bipartisan support. Neither one of those has any momentum today. There's one important piece of legislation that was just reintroduced into the Senate, and it's actually been passed by the House five times already. It's called safe banking. So right now, because cannabis is a level one controlled substance, you don't have access to uh, federally insured banks, credit systems, insurance, uh, things like that. So cannabis uh, operators basically run like a lemonade stand where they just collect a lot of cash and then hide it under their floor mat at the end of the day. And it's created a lot of issues throughout the industry. So safe banking uh, would allow cannabis operators operating legally under their own state's uh, guidelines to have access to these financial tools. Like I said, this passed five times throughout the House, and it was snuck into the COVID relief bill uh, most recently. McConnell has said absolutely not to safe banking. Um, Going through in those mechanisms in the Senate, he thought the COVID relief bill was inappropriate. Now, after the Georgia uh, runoff, the Democrats are in control of the Senate which means Mike Crapo is out as the banking committee chair in the Senate, who is ideologically opposed to cannabis. And uh, Sherrod Brown, who you had mentioned earlier, Josh Mandel, friend of the Grum, is running against um, this time around again. Uh, Sherrod Brown is very friendly to the cannabis industry, and he's now the chair of the Senate banking committee. But again, as I remind my colleagues throughout the industry, there are only five Republican senators that represent states with legal cannabis. That's Alaska, South Dakota, and Maine. And you need 67 votes in the Senate to break a filibuster. So you need bipartisan support for safe banking to get passed. And it's not clear or obvious if that support exists or if Leader McConnell even has an appetite to push this through this session. And it doesn't appear to be on the agenda of uh, the president, uh, Joe Biden, as I just read that he recently terminated five of his staff at the White House for uh, marijuana use. Right, right. So this last week it came out, uh, the Biden administration fired five employees for past marijuana use and put for admitted past marijuana use. As in, they admitted that they had used marijuana previously, and as a result of them admitting that, they were fired. And then a number were sent um, into a work-from-home protocol for admitted past use of cannabis. Uh, Even um, uh, uh, Republican members of Congress, like David Joyce in Ohio, issued a letter condemning the Biden administration for this. So you take a look at um, the president and the vice president's record. They have been, there's kind of two versions of them. For most of both of their elected careers, they have been downright hostile to cannabis. As the attorney general of the state of California, Kamala Harris oversaw the imprisonment of more minorities and people of color for cannabis offenses than almost any other state uh, uh, lawmaker in the United States in the history of our country. 
Um, that's under Kamala Harris's watch. And now that cannabis has become this social justice, partisan uh, democratic issue this last election cycle, you didn't really hear them talking about the industry. Like, we don't hear them talking about safe banking. We don't hear them talking about um, being able to use 162A ordinary and necessary business deductions to run your business, which cannabis operators can't use. Um, you're not hearing about interstate commerce. You're hearing about the social justice, war on drugs, equity language from them. However, we haven't seen any executive action on this front. And then you see that people were fired for past cannabis use. To me, it, it calls into question um, really how serious they are about cannabis legalization and normalization. Well, some might call it hypocrisy. Who knows? The Democrats? Hypocritical? Eh, shocking. We're going to take a short break as we're talking cannabis this Sunday with the founder and principal of the Cannabis Policy Forum, Xander Abrams. He'll be with us on the other side of this break. You should be as well. Uh, do not miss out. We're going to talk to Xander about what's happening here in the state of Minnesota, which although he's out there in California, I know he is keeping a close watch on. That is the cannabis legislation that uh, is being pushed here in the state of Minnesota. So on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about that. Uh, while we're on this short break, and by the way, I miss you already, we ought to uh, all take a look at ParkerDK.com. Great website. You're going to see the premier law firm in downtown Minneapolis growing even bigger as we speak. Uh, so take a look at that and stay tuned. AM 1280, The Patriot. How can you protect your company's most valuable proprietary information? This is Andrew Parker of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. We recently represented a local manufacturing company in an employment lawsuit. Our client learned that a longtime employee was leaving the company to join a direct competitor. The employee intended to help the competitor develop an automated manufacturing system that was a copy of our client's system. The employee did not have a non-compete agreement with our client. We nonetheless filed suit and brought an immediate motion to prevent the employee from beginning work with the competing company. We won, and the employee was prohibited from working for the competitor. Parker Daniels Keyboard's attorneys have been advising companies on employment law matters for decades. And if you find yourself in court, our attorneys are some of the toughest and most experienced employment trial lawyers around. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard. Go to parkerdk.com. This is Dennis Prager from Mathnasium, the math learning center. Getting good math help for kids has never been more important. Did you know that even in normal times, more than 6 out of 10 students are not proficient at grade level math? Distance learning isn't exactly improving things, but at Mathnasium, students not only become proficient at math, they reach their highest math potential, understanding and becoming confident about math and enjoying success in school and long afterward. Now available online and in-center, Mathnasium uses customized learning plans and live instructors to develop number sense, math fluency, and problem-solving skills. Now more than ever, it's time to do your kids or your grandkids a favor and set them up for success at Mathnasium. Find a Patriot supporting Mathnasium Center on the advertiser page at am1280thepatriot.com or call 763-269-6969. Mathnasium, changing lives through math. Mark Twain once quipped, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. When you are lied about and it spreads, the resulting mayhem and destruction can be, and often is, disastrous. Hi, this is Andrew Parker, co-founder of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently handled a high-profile defamation lawsuit on behalf of a luxury home real estate agent whose business was decimated by falsehoods spread about him. After nearly two years of litigation and two weeks of trial, the jury came back with a verdict of more than $2 million for our client. Parker Daniels Keyboard. We litigate cases, we try cases, and we win cases. With a record of excellence in achieving extraordinary results, Parker Daniels Keyboard lawyers have consistently won huge verdicts for its clients in the areas of defamation, civil rights violations, regulatory battles, and intellectual property theft. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard. 
premier law firm in downtown Minneapolis. We're back. It is the victory hour on this beautiful Sunday afternoon here in the state of Minnesota. We're going to talk about Minnesota right now with our special guest on the victory hour today, Xander Abrams, founder and principal of the Cannabis Policy Forum. Go to CannabisPolicyForum.com to see anything and everything you might want to learn about the public policy issue of the legalization of uh, marijuana. Uh, we take no position on the subject here on the Victory Hour, uh, to be clear, but knowledge is king, as is a common phrase for our show. Truth and knowledge, and we are going to the sources to gather that, one of them being and a very uh, uh, foundational source, Xander Abrams, founder and principal of the Cannabis Policy Forum. Xander, on the other side of the break, I, uh, I teased a bit the issue of what is happening in Minnesota with marijuana legalization. You know, I am a, a good friend of Ryan Winkler's, though I, I disagree with him on probably uh, virtually all public policy issues. Uh, <laughs> he, he used to uh, work for me at my law firm, and... Uh, he is now the House Majority Leader, as you know, uh, and Ryan is pushing the issue of legalization of marijuana as a, you know, a much higher priority than I would have initially expected. But with Ryan, uh, you know, he, he also pushed minimum wage that I called him a number of times on and said, uh, listen, I thought you were a moderate. Isn't that what you were talking about in getting elected out here in the western suburbs? Uh, it doesn't appear that way as you're putting a number of these small restaurants out of business with your constant push on minimum wage. What is his view and how does it look, Xander, for uh, Ryan Winkler to get legalization of marijuana here in Minnesota? I think that Ryan's, which, by the way, I've known Ryan for a number of years. My background is my, my dad was an elected official for 17-plus uh, years and was then a judge. Uh, I worked in uh, campaigns and in Minnesota politics, and Ryan Winkler was my grandparents' uh, state representative when they were alive. So I know Ryan. I think he is a sharp guy with strong convictions. I was glad to see that it was leadership uh, that was taking up the issue and decided to to wave the banner on it because when it was uh, that when the medical program went into effect, it was really just uh, Carly Moline from up in the range and Pat Garofalo in the house that were champions, neither of which were really strongly like not them were in leadership um, or any of their party leaders. So I think it's great that the party leadership wants to take, take uh, a strong hand in this. Ryan's perspective is there should be a cannabis industry. I study and look at a lot of different state legalization models and what they do. And I think Minnesota's is uh, certainly unique in what they're trying to accomplish. Ryan has said he wants to create an industry in Minnesota, ran by Minnesotans, financed by Minnesotans. And so he's taken a number of steps um, to make sure that that happens in the bill. And I don't think that what he's proposing is going to be the final version. So, for example, you know, most jurisdictions want to have a robust industry and they want the large industry operators to come in. As a large operator, you're looking for a couple things. You're looking for the opportunity for vertical integration. You're looking, so you want to own the entire process. You want to have um, dependable governments to work with. You don't want to have restrictions on licenses, so you can buy licenses or win licenses. Um, none of that is obviously available in this bill. So this version is clearly for a smaller Minnesota business, um, and that I don't know is going to be whether or not that's going to be in the final version of this. I would say what's the, the more interesting question is what's the likelihood that this happens? It has now passed four different House committees, and it has one more committee to go and then it'll likely be passed by the House of Representatives. But the problem is, again, I'm going to come back to the same issue over and over again, Andrew. It's about bipartisanship. And the Republicans have control of the Senate. 
And right now, Leader Gazelka is ideologically and categorically against a cannabis industry forming in Minnesota. He's, uh, I believe he's been on record that he's afraid of the effect on the youth, which we can talk about. Um, and he's afraid about the increase in, in intoxicated driving. And so as long as he is the leader in the Senate, I don't think it's going to, to see the light of day. What is likely to happen is if it fails in the Senate or when it fails in the Senate, this is going to probably go to a ballot initiative in 2022. And then it'll be up to the Minnesota voters uh, to decide. And historically, when there's been a little bit more left-leaning ballot initiatives in Minnesota, uh, they tended to pass. So that, I think, is the most likely route it's going to go in Minnesota. Well, that makes sense. And uh, that's not good for Republicans uh, running statewide when those sorts of ballot initiatives uh, are are on the ballot. It brings out uh, many, many more liberal voters who may or may not have previously or intended to vote. Uh, so that uh, that would not be beneficial certainly for conservatives or Republicans in the state. But let me ask you, uh, uh, Xander, the, how do you respond to Gazelka's concerns about the effect uh, on our youth as well as intoxicated driving? I, I would say to Leader Gazelka, on, on behalf of the industry, I share your concerns, and I am deeply concerned about the safety and security of the youth of America and what an access to, and what a legal market uh, would mean. However, I also need to take a look at facts and statistics. And like what you said uh, on the victory hour, we're, we're just about the facts. Uh, we're not about the, the raw emotion or the broad interpretation. We're about the facts. And uh, according to the CDC, the majority of people who use marijuana do not gain any type of addiction or go on to harder substances, meaning you know, opioids, um, cocaine, the, things of that sort. Uh, the CDC admits more research needs to be done. But when we're talking about the youth, we go from about one in 10 that form some type of a habit or addiction around cannabis um, to if you're, you're experimenting with it when you're under the age of 18, it, it goes to one in six. So it does become more addictive, habit-forming, a potential gateway drug if younger people um, have access to it. It is, uh, by the way, uh, tobacco, you're seven times more likelier to abuse cocaine and heroin um, than a non-smoker um, with tobacco. And, and I believe the, the gateway uh, piece and the addiction piece is higher for alcohol use as well than it is cannabis. But I think that that's all the more reason why there needs to be a legal industry, because the trend has been where there's a legal industry that's regulated, there's no black market. And if there's no black market and we have a well-run industry, then these drugs won't be getting in the hands of the youth. And what about intoxicated driving? Well, there still isn't a lot of great statistics on this. And, uh, and this was something I experienced when I was practicing law in Minnesota. Uh, working for a mutual friend of ours, uh, criminal defense firm, that there isn't great um, rapid testing and that technology is not yet available uh, or really widespread to tell how intoxicated someone is on cannabis uh, when they're pulled over. So we don't yet have the technology to catch up to that. But if I were to guess, it's, it's not the type of substance where if you use a lot of you're really excited to get in your car and go places. It's more the effect is the exact opposite, that if you use a great deal of it, you're more likely to sit at home, order an Uber Eats, and fall asleep uh, while your delivery guy's waiting outside. <laughs> and, so, and so you're ordering the Uber Eats, but you're not, uh, uh, you're not driving an, an Uber. <laughs> so, so that's good. <laughs> uh, but but I, as I recall, uh, Colorado had some early on, at least it was reported that, you know, after they legalized and they were one of the first, I believe, to do so, uh, they had some issues with intoxicated driving that were widely, uh, publicized that, you know, put a scare out there to, uh, some others who would, who would, uh, tout, the, those facts that were coming out of Colorado. I don't know if those facts are accurate. Uh, but did you hear about uh, those statistics? 
Well, they were. I know that that was something they were hyper focused on when adult use came into play. But what we haven't seen is is a large trend across the country, right? Like I'm looking at macro trends across every market, and I'm not seeing appreciable data about increased. Um, driving while intoxicated for cannabis. All right. Well, you know, very interesting. You know, I want to ask you uh, one other question, and very just very quickly, uh, you know, there was a recent election. We talked about it last week on the Victory Hour in the state of Israel. And if you take a look at that election and you set aside the two Arab parties that got 10 seats out of the 120, and you set aside the far left or left uh, labor and merits parties, which got 13 seats total. That's 23 seats. The rest of the seats and the rest of the parties that are uh, part of the parliament in Knesset can be described as center or center right or right or far right. And that's 80 percent, more than 80 percent of the state of Israel voted for those parties. Is there a chance of legalization of marijuana in the state of Israel? It's not an if, it's a when. Israel Isn't that is amazing? so far it, it, it's a, it, Israel is so far advanced, Andrew, in cannabis research. It's, it's, it's almost to their industry's own detriment because I'm seeing technology today, and in full disclosure, I do business with cannabis entrepreneurs in Israel. There's te- cannabis technology that's being commercialized today in America that's five years too early, that was invented five years ago in Israel. And so what Israel is looking for is they're an export country. They need regulations in place for the export of cannabis. And as long as there's no real government in place and we keep going to elections a fourth, fifth time now, um, those regs haven't been put in there. But I think there's broad understanding that this is an industry Israel is a part of on the R&D level and on the product ideation level. And they want to be part of the uh, international conversation and commercialization in a real way. Amazing. Just amazing. Well, you are a fountain of knowledge, Mr. Abrams. And we thank you very much for being on the Victory Hour this, uh, this Sunday. Xander Abrams, founder and principal of Cannabis Policy Forum. Go to CannabisPolicyForum.com to learn more about marijuana, the pluses and minuses the pros and cons, and the potential legalization. We're going to be right back after this short break. Go to ParkerDK.com to learn about the premier law firm downtown Minneapolis, Parker Daniels Keyboard. We'll be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Mark Twain once quipped, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. When you are lied about and it spreads, the resulting mayhem and destruction can be, and often is, disastrous. Hi, this is Andrew Parker, co-founder of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently handled a high-profile defamation lawsuit on behalf of a luxury home real estate agent whose business was decimated by falsehoods spread about him. After nearly two years of litigation and two weeks of trial, the jury came back with a verdict of more than $2 million for our client. Parker Daniels Keyboard. We litigate cases, we try cases, and we win cases. With a record of excellence in achieving extraordinary results, Parker Daniels Keyboard lawyers have consistently won huge verdicts for its clients in the areas of defamation, civil rights violations, regulatory battles, and intellectual property theft. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, premier law firm in downtown Minneapolis. Need cash fast? Figure can help. A figure personal loan is a smart, fast way to get up to $50,000 from the comfort of home. Just go to figure.com and apply online in minutes. You can check your rate without affecting your credit. Whether you need cash for past, present, or future, Figure can have you funded in as few as two business days. Stop paying those sky-high interest rates and consolidate debt at a lower interest rate. Just go to figure.com. That's figure.com. Figure Lending LLC. Equal Opportunity Lender. NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Figure.com. Need life insurance but have diabetes, high blood pressure, or on anxiety meds? If you're a 50-year-old male, even porky, or with type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of life insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. For affordable term life insurance, call Term Provider and speak with Big Lou at 800-555-1509. 800-555-1509 or visit BigLou.com. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. 800-555-1509. 
Did your employer make you sign a promissory note when joining the company, and now you want to leave, but you're afraid your firm will pursue you personally for that debt? This is Jesse Keyboard from the law firm Parker Daniels Keyboard. I recently represented a client who had signed such a note, and I was able to get them out of their $500,000 debt to their company, which allowed them the freedom to exit a bad employment situation and enter a much better one. Meeting our client's objectives is our focus at Parker Daniels Keyboard, and in this regard, we win. Our experienced trial team of lawyers at Parker Daniels Keyboard have secured major victories in state and federal courts across the country and through arbitration. We have the legal expertise in all types of business disputes, labor and employment matters, real estate matters, shareholder disputes, financial transactions, security issues, and appeals. For wise counsel, winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, a premier litigation law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Wise counsel, winning results. Go to parkerdk.com. We are back on this wonderful Easter Sunday. And again, happy Easter to all of my Christian friends out there. A very interesting discussion with uh, Xander Abrams on the show today about the policy issues surrounding cannabis. Agree with the idea or not, we need the facts, we need to learn about it, we need to see it coming because uh, there is a cascading effect across the United States, it appears to me, for the legalization of marijuana. And what is that going to mean? You know, uh, at the end of our discussion with Xander, we talked a minute about uh, the state of Israel and the fact that the electorate, as you could see from my statistical assessment of the most recent election that just happened uh, less than two weeks ago in Israel, and it's still uncertain whether a coalition government is going to be able to be formed by Bibi Netanyahu or the opposition, either way, and the president is deciding now which of those two he's going to give an opportunity to form a government first. I suspect it'll be Netanyahu that will be given that opportunity. What you'll need to be watching for is to determine whether or not Gideon Saar, who left uh, the Likud party, Bibi Netanyahu's party, uh, to run in this election on his own, and he did get a number of seats, made the threshold, Uh, I believe he got uh, seven total seats, which may sound small, but it isn't. It's meaningful, very meaningful when you're talking about a coalition. Netanyahu has a a, a formed group of 52 seats. He needs 61 to form a government. Those seven help quite a bit. But it's a question whether Gideon Sire will will come home, as as, uh, Bibi has asked him to do, come home to Likud, a place that He was a member of Knesset for many, many years and is a leader in his own right. What is Bibi Netanyahu going to give him in terms of a portfolio in order to entice him to come back? By the way, that only gets Bibi to 59, but then there's Naftali Bennett, which is the other leader that you need to look for. Uh, The leader of Yamina is the name of his party. He is a party that at one time was aligned and was a minister in the Bibi Netanyahu government. So he, he has been with Bibi before, and uh, he has uh, uh, been a minister in his government. Uh, he's, he is very closely aligned on policy uh, with Bibi, as well as Gideon Saar is. They're similar in many, many respects in terms of policy, but they broke off to form their own uh, parties. Saar with seven seats, Niftali Bennett and Yamina with six seats. You get those two to come home to Bibi, he can form a 65, uh, 64, 65, I think it's 65-seat coalition to create a government in Israel. But uh, those kingmakers, Saar and uh, Bennett, may be holding out for quite a bit, including the prime ministership, uh, which the reason they left uh, Likud and left Bibi uh, is because they believe he has now uh, led the country long enough. And there are many that believe that. 
in any event, we're talking about 80 plus percent of the electorate voting for a center, center right, right or far right party in the state of Israel. 80 plus percent. Now, they still can't seem to form a government, believe it or not, for various other reasons. A very interesting electorate. You know, a number of these parties are far right and and they're far orthodox religious parties. And and some on the far right policy, secular side, won't sit with the religious side, even though both, uh, you know, agree on a number of security and other related issues. Uh, but it's very interesting the uh, uh, the diplomacy that goes on in trying to form a coalition in Israel. But I bring it up in the context of marijuana because Israel, even though 80-plus percent are voting for center-right, far-right, etc., is a very liberal country. It is far more liberal than the United States. It leads the United States on almost every liberal issue, gay rights, a leader far beyond and well before the United States, uh, equity for women, women, you know, Golda Meir was the prime minister back in the 60s. Uh, we still haven't had a female president. Uh, you know, they, they had women on their Supreme Court well before. Listen, uh, not just that, but, but freedoms for all peoples. You know, uh, Arabs get the vote, and they, as I said, they've got 10 seats in the Knesset. Uh, They've had up to 15, I believe, or 16 seats in the Knesset. They sit on the Supreme Court. Arabs uh, sat and and sit now on the Supreme Court, Uh, the rule of law governing. Uh, So the, the, you know, uh, socialized medicine, I mean, all of these Uh, liberal policies, liberal ideas, the legalization of marijuana, as you heard Xander say, it's not if, it's when. Uh, This is a socially liberal country, more so than the United States. And human rights and the rule of law and making sure that those who violate human rights, those who violate military codes of ethic, that they get brought before a judicial tribunal and are charged and are convicted if found guilty after due process. Like few, if any, countries in the world, they follow this. Uh, And it doesn't matter who you are all the way up to the prime minister. Ehud Olmert was indicted and convicted. And he was the prime minister of Israel several years ago. Bibi Netanyahu has now been indicted. Many claim that it's a complete political indictment. Who knows? Some would say that Donald Trump's impeachments were completely political. Who knows? You'll have your opinion on that. I can tell you my opinion. You know what it is. Completely political. But uh, it it is such a dichotomy and, and so interesting and not what you first might think when you consider the uh, 80-plus percent voting for the center-to-right parties in the state of, state of Israel. Uh, next week, as I indicated, we are going to have on the Victory Hour Alan Dershowitz, and we're going to cover a number of subjects, but not least of which, what is happening in this country as it relates to cancel culture? Alan wrote a recent book on the subject. He has spent his entire life on First Amendment issues, which is exactly what this issue is. And uh, he is really an expert. His legal thought theories, uh, his handling of some of the most notorious or infamous or simply famous criminal cases, uh, is is legendary, and he's going to be joining us on the Victory Hour to talk cancel culture and the first AM twelve eighty the Patriot. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM twelve eighty the Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. 
We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. Now's the time to start thinking about your spring home improvement projects. Sandow Construction can give your home curb appeal with new siding. Sandow Construction is celebrating 30 years with a special offer. No interest on your project if paid in full within 18 months. Minimum $5,000 purchase. Visit SandowInc.com for details. That's S-A-N-D-A-U-Inc.com. Call 888-534-6898 for details about credit costs and terms. For new accounts, the APR for purchase is 28.99% subject to credit approval. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more. That's BearingArms.com. AM 1280, the 